Well, good morning, in case you've wondered that. Julie said he gets to do all the computer stuff. You just caught the tail end of that sentence. So uh, good to hear everybody today. Is it Sunday, and we're, we're here to worship this morning. Thank you for all the, the prayers we've had. I ask you to continue to pray for each other, pray for the church, pray for the nation as we continue to go through this, this quarantine time. Uh, remember social distancing. Kind of keep that up if you can. Uh, uh, just a few things I want to share with you. We got a, a young lady. We have a special prayer request this morning for Angel McFadden. She's in Welburn. She had a heart transplant. It's not doing well at all. Uh, is in UAB. And, of course, you know at this time, basically she's there. Her father's, I think, finally going to get to go over there. But basically they've been having to go through this by herself while our family's over here. So I ask you to please lift this young lady up in prayer. Uh, she's had heart issues most of her life, been real active though. And now she's really, really struggling since the heart transplant. So y'all please remember her. Of course, remember one another in the church. Remember those that are, that are not here. Remember those that are sick. Be praying for one another. I ask you to, to keep in contact with each other if you can. Let's go Lord in prayer and we'll get started this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, what Thank you for this wonderful day. Father, even though it's rainy outside, and Lord, we just pray that you just you just fill us with your spirit. Lord, be with those that are, are listening to us or those that are watching us this morning. Father, I pray you just, whatever their needs are today, that they bring them to you. Thank you again for being our Father. Thank you for being our Savior. Lord, as we come today, dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we just thank you for all the things that you do. Father, I pray that you, you give us the, the words to say and be with us as we worship this morning. Lord, it's just a, a wonderful time when we can gather together to worship. And Lord, I praise you for all that you do. Lord's name I pray. Amen. You know, I still tell you, it's strange. I can hear my own voice echoing in here. Uh, I, I've not gotten used to preaching just, just to a handful of people. Uh, um, got told by, by Gina's mom I ought to put puppets up in here and preach to them, but they would just kind of be kind of dead and lifeless. So, I mean, really... Uh, uh, well, that'd be all right, I guess, but at least be faces. But hey, uh, just, you know, it, it, it's it's a different thing. We've never had to go through things like this. So y'all pray for one another and let's just, we'll get through this and hopefully get back to a new normal, if nothing else. And let's get ready to worship this morning. Like I said, if you've got any prayer requests, you've got any issues, send us a message on Facebook. You can call me. My phone number is 256-453-7183. You can give me a holler and, and if I I can talk to you, I will. Uh, just pray for one another. Pray for those of our church family that's uh, still having to work, those that are essential. Pray for those that are struggling right now that's been laid off. I ask you to remember them. Keep them in your prayers, but more than anything, pray for one another. Gina, are you ready to get started this morning? Okay. All right, so we're going to get started. We're going to do a little singing. Y'all y'all listen to her. I'm just the background. <laughs> bullfrog in there so let, let's 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 get into some worship this morning all right we're in the baptist hymnal and it's page 462 i was thinking deep and far from the peaceful shore Thank you. 
Breathe.
little bit longer of a pause than we normally sing it, but that, uh, I love that song. I'll, I'll share something this morning. I, I had a song in my, my mind this morning. I, I saw the light and the reason why me and Julie was coming to work, coming to church. I, I got out and I was going to run out there and get the car. It was raining real hard and she had the seat way up. So when I went to sit down in it right quick, I saw the light real good because I got hit in the head on the side of the car. And, and, and I said, well, I saw the light. I said, well, we hope we don't sing that song. We're not doing that. We're good.
treatments or the aching of his life is the revealing of a greater thirst this world can't satisfy and what if trials of this life the rain the storms the hardest nights are your mercies in Beautiful, beautiful song. This morning we'll be in the book of Matthew, chapter 14. Matthew, chapter 14. Uh, I got another prayer request. Y'all please remember my mom and stepdad. He's, he's been in the hospital. And uh, mom's about to kind of go crazy. Not being able to be up there with them. So y'all please remember remember them. Uh, anybody that's in the hospital at this time, it's got to be rough. You're there alone. Uh, you can't have visitors. Uh, Mama had to take them stuff. She drops it off at the front desk, and they take it up to them. And I said, wow, that's got to be hard. So y'all please remember that prayer request. But you ever wonder what your purpose is, you know, your meaning of life? Uh, I think it's something we all ask. What am I supposed to do? What am I here for? Well, you know, the first thing, the main thing is, is, is one of our main purposes is to know the Lord. You say, why is that important? Because every time you look in the mirror, you got to realize you've been created in his image. And, and you know, uh, so the image of God, listen to what it says in Rome, in, not Rome, in Genesis chapter 1, verse 27. So God created man in his own image, in the image of God. He created him, male and female, he created them. So God made us to be like him. So one of the most important things in the meaning of your life is, is to know God. You know, it, it only not only to know him, why, why do we want to do that? Because he loves us. In John 3, 16, verses 16 and 17, he says this, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth him should not perish but have everlasting life. God, for God sent not his Son to the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. So God loves us, and that's another reason we ought to realize our purpose is to know God, because he loves us that much, he sent his son so that we could be saved. You know, of course, we all have that one problem that's in our life, and that's sin, and I think, you know, nobody can say, I don't, I love people say, well, I hope my good outweighs my bad. And really, that's not how you get to heaven. I saw a thing on Facebook this morning. Had two little little bitty kids, and they had this look of surprise on their face. They says, "What if you find out when you're on your way to heaven that the elevator is going down?" And I said, "Well, you know, you don't find out. You ought to know before you before you get that far." Uh, you know, the Bible says in Romans three twenty three, for all of sin comes short in the glory of God. So we we know that everybody sins. There's not nobody that doesn't. 
We all do it. Some of us do it more than others, I think. And there, and if you're like me, there's some days you do it more than the others. But, you know, we all sin and we know that the, the Bible tells us that, and, and we know this for a fact that Romans 6, 23 says, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus, our Lord. God created man to live forever, but sin entered in and we, that's how we got to the situation where we're at. But Romans 5, 8, Paul told us this. He said, but, but God committed his love towards us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So, you know, if you want to know who the Lord is, you, you want to know what your purpose of life, listen to these verses right here. Romans 10 verses 9 and 10 says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. So basically it tells us if you want to know the purpose and the meaning of life, then when you confess Jesus in your with your mouth and you believe it in your heart, you can get saved. The thing about it is you can say it all you want. But you've got to believe what you say. You know, I can say I'm thin, but, you know, the, uh, I've realized that while everybody else is at home on quarantine and, and said, hey, look how much weight I've lost. I've been working. I've been packing that stuff on every time I turn around. So just saying I'm thin does not work. I've got to do something about it. I've got to believe it in my heart and do something about it. In verse 10, listen to this. It says, For the heart of man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. You want to get saved, you've got to believe it here first. Then it goes to you. Then, it, then you say it. And it, it's a simple thing. It's like this. You, you pray a simple prayer. You say, Dear God, I know I'm a sinner. And I ask you for forgiveness. I believe that Jesus Christ is your son. I believe that he died for my sins and that you raised him to life. I want to trust him as my savior and follow him as Lord. From this day forward, guide me in my life. Help me to do your will. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, you pray something like that. It doesn't have to be word for word what I said. Just something to that sin. That you know that you're a sinner. You know that Christ died for you. And then when you that you're born again now here comes the thing when you're born again what do you do what do you do with your life listen to this in matthew chapter 14 we're going to start in verse 13 and read through 21 this is a very familiar passage of scripture it's about jesus feeding the five thousand and it says when jesus heard it uh this is after John the Baptist had died. He said, he departed by ship into a desert place apart. And when the people heard thereof, they followed him on foot out of the cities. Jesus went forth and he saw a great multitude and he was moved with compassion toward them and he healed their sick. When it was evening, his disciples came and said, this is a desert place. And the time is now past. Send the multitudes away that they may go into the villages and buy themselves victuals or food. And Jesus said unto them, they need not depart. Give ye them to eat. And when they said unto him, we have here but five loaves and two fishes. He said, bring them hither to me. And he commanded the multitude to sit down in the grass. And he took the five loaves and the two fishes. Looking up to heaven, he blessed and break and gave the loaves to his disciples. And the disciples to the multitude. And they all did eat and were filled. And they took up the fragments that remained, 12 baskets. And when they had eaten, were about 5,000 men 
besides women and children. So roughly there was probably maybe close to 12,000 people or more here. Some estimate even closer up to 20. And it could be that number and, and a large number of people. But I want us to look at what happened. You think the, the, the crowd that followed Jesus and, and, and the disciples saw there was a need. They said, well, here it is coming close to the end of the day. We didn't expect these guys to show up and, and they need to go away so that we can eat. You ever been like that? You got friends I say, I wish I love them having me. I wish they'd go home. I'm hungry. And that's pretty much what the disciples were saying. Uh, what are we going to do? And, and, and so Jesus tells them, he says in verse 16, listen to this. He said, they don't need to depart. You feed them. Now, I imagine the look on the disciples' face as they're going, feed them what? We brought our food. We brought enough for us, Jesus. You know, not for them. So what did they do? John tells us that they went out and they started hunting. They found a young lad. Of everybody that came, only one kid came with his food. He's the only one that came prepared. And what did they do? They took his food. I always like that story. Here, you know, the, the boy didn't bring and says, here's my lunch, Jesus. The disciple says, look what we found. And, and so Jesus is telling them to feed the people. The, the purpose in their life was to minister to other people. That was the whole thing. But just like us, a lot of times we look at it with a different eye, all we see is us and we don't see everybody around us. You know, if, if, if they had it to feed them, you know, I imagine their thoughts. I imagine what they're thinking. Now, just think, I want you to listen to these verses. In Matthew chapter 5, verses 38 through 48, I want you to listen to what he's, Jesus said. Now, we're supposed to minister to people. We're supposed to do what Christ has called us as believers to do. Listen to what he says. He has said, you have heard it said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say unto you that you resist not evil, but whosoever shall smite thee on the right cheek, turn to them there the also the other. And if any man there will sue thee, take thy coat, Take away thy coat and let him have thy cloak also. And whosoever compel thee to go a mile, will thee go twain. Give to him that ask. For him that would borrow of thee, turn not away. You know, one thing, if you listen to what Jesus is saying, he didn't say for us just to minister to our friends, which I hope we do. I hope during this time of this, this, this sickness and things going on, you're looking out for those you love. You're looking out for each other. You're helping those who, who are in need. We have many that we all know of that are in need. For those of us that are like me that are working and are still, we're blessed. So let's be sure we help those who are not. Do something for them. If you say, well, well, preacher, I'm barely making it paycheck to paycheck. I ain't saying give away everything. Said. Nothing else. Give them a call. Ask how they're doing. He said, though, Jesus gives us a little. He said, for these people who are basically that you wouldn't even think of wanting to help. Those who are, I love the things he said, like if somebody is suing you, he said, don't just, 
don't just give them what they want. Take, give them more. Somebody slaps you, he says, turn the other cheek. You're supposed to minister to everybody, even those you can't stand. L- listen to what he says. He said in verse 43, you have heard that it has been said, thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. I, I can understand that. I, I, my next door neighbor's got a dog, can't stand that thing. You, you, you can ask my kids and everybody, yesterday I was ready to strangle that dog. But you know what? That's just a dog. Do I blame people because they got a loud dog? Now I'm supposed to love my neighbor, not only my neighbor, but everybody. He said this, he goes, he says, that you may be children of your father, which is in heaven. For he maketh the sun to rise on the evil and on the good and sendeth the rain on the just and the unjust. For if you love them which you love, what reward have ye? Do not even the publicans the same? If you salute your brethren only, what do you more than others? Do not even the publicans so? Be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. We take that last verse out of context a lot. You listen to what he was talking about. He's talking about loving everybody. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. For we've been called as, as his children. I've been washed in the blood of the lamb. My job is to love everyone and tell everybody about my savior. Not everybody's going to listen. Not everybody is going to accept what you are. You know, when, when you say you're a Christian nowadays, you already have this bad mark on you. I, I was watching the news or listening to the news the other day, and, and they were talking about where in, in New York where the pandemic's the worst and there's more d- people dying there. You know, Samaritan's Purse goes and, and sets up a, a, a field hospital, and it gets attacked by the media. Said it was substandard. Said that they, they only treated certain people. Given the history of Samaritan Purse, they go all over the world to help people. Instead of saying, hey, look what they're doing. Look what this evangelical Christian's doing. Instead, it's, oh, he, he doesn't like this group. He doesn't like that group. No, he's there for everybody. We forget these things. I, 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 my favorite one I've heard recently and was that the reason this pandemic spread so much is because of evangelical Christians basically to start with because we don't believe in science. We believe in faith healing and, and things like that. Well, I believe my God's in charge of everything. And if it takes a scientist to come up with a cure, I'm sure God's the one who gave him the idea for it. You know, it amazes me what God can do. We're not to look to the world as everybody does, as if you're a child of God. Listen to what Paul said, Romans 12, 2. He says, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. See, we're supposed to love one another, but we're not supposed to do it as the world. Because see, it amazes me. We're called intolerant, but yet we're not tolerated. The Bible tells me to, to, to have a renewing of my mind and, and prove what is good. I might not love the sin, but I love the sinner. 
I want to see everyone come to know Christ. You know, you think what the world offers, it can't give you happiness. The world tells you to, to accumulate stuff. But, you know, stuff don't ever make you happy. It might for a little bit. You know, I remember, I, you know, I get a phone. Oh, look, my new phone. Well, next week it's the old phone. And there somebody got something better. We, we need to be sure we aren't spending time looking over the neighbor's fence saying, look how grass the green is over there. Don't try keeping up with the Joneses because truth, reality, the Joneses are in debt just like the rest of us. Jesus said in Matthew 6, 19, verse through 21, he says, lay not up for yourself treasures upon the earth where moth and rust do corrupt, where thieves break through and steal. But lay for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust do corrupt, where thieves do not break through to steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. You know, as a child of God, you wanna, you're, you're supposed to love one another, you're supposed to love other people, and you're supposed to work for Christ, not for what we get here. You know, I, I think one of the things that we forget, and one of the things maybe God's trying to remind America is that we should be focusing on what's important. You know, you never know what you don't have until you can't go. You never think about friends until you can't see them. You never think about getting together to worship until you can't do it. You know, it's here. I, I Yeah, I'm at the church on Sunday morning. There's just a handful of us here, you know, and... It, it, it just, it bothers me. I'm used to worshiping with people. You know, I like to sing, or let me rephrase that, I like to make a joyful noise. I'm a good background person. That's why I'm on the back back there in the choir. You know, singing is not what God's called me to do, but I love to do it. If I sing out, people stop and go, hey, he's hurting. You put me in a group of people, though, this old croaking frog voice blends in. And I miss that. I miss blending in with my brothers and sisters. I miss looking out at people. Bless these guys' hearts that are here today. I get to look at all the other going, he's talking to me. I like to look at people as I preach. And, and here, here I, I miss what's been taken from me because of an illness. But my God's still in control. He says, don't focus on that, Steve. Just preach the word. Do what God's called you to do. God's called all of us to have a purpose in our life, to love one another. You know, you think about it. The, the, here are the disciples. Jesus told them this. Listen to what he says. He says, they need not depart Give ye them to eat. The, the, the answer was in front of them the whole time. You got to back up, go to John chapter 6, verse 35. Here was the answer that they didn't get that day. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whosoever cometh to me will never go hungry, but who believeth in me will never be thirsty. See what Jesus was telling them to do? Feed them. Go talk to them. 
All you guys have done is look and say, look, there's too many people. We're in a desert land. There's no food for them. All you saw, guys, was the temporal needs. You didn't see the spiritual needs. The people came, not expect to be fed food, but they came to hear Jesus, see the miracles, see people healed. It was right there. Feed on, he said. But they missed it. The crowd needed was Jesus. What the world needs is Jesus. What I need is Jesus. And what you need is Jesus. He's the one that comforts. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 verse, uh, verse 3 and 4. Listen to this. Blessed be God. Chapter 1, excuse me. Blessed be God, even our Father, Lord Jesus Christ. The Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. Who comfort us in all our tribulations, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherein we ourselves are comfort of God. Paul basically saying, hey, I know what comfort is because God comforts me. Because of that, I can reach out to other people who are going through things. We're all going through different trials and tribulations at this point. Are you reaching out to people? Say, well, preacher, we're supposed to keep six foot distance. Well, you ain't got to you can do that. Picking up a phone, calling them. Say, hey, can I bring you something? God says comfort. He comforts me. I don't know about y'all. I can think of times when I've gone through situations. And the only thing that got me through was Jesus Christ. Nothing else could have, but he was there for me. He's the God who heals. Listen to this. Jeremiah 33, 6 says, Behold, I will bring health and cure, and I will cure them and reveal unto them the abundance of peace and truth. You got a sickness, Jesus is the cure. You know what many of us, here's what, here's what gets me, and I've been as guilty as this. I've gotten sick, things that go along. I worry about what the doctor says. Then when I finally stop, I say, somebody pray for me. God, I'm going to reach out to him in prayer. He's, up, he's way down here on the list. He should be right here on the top. You go to the doctor, say, Lord, be with me as I go. I don't know what kind of news. How many of you have ever gone, you've gone for just a simple checkup, come out being told something horrible? It ain't fun. I know I've been there. We should be crying out to God before we even went. Help me, Lord, that when I get there, I know no matter what they tell me, you've got me in that right hand of righteousness. You said it yourself. You said in Luke chapter 4, verse 18 to 21, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captive, recover the sight to the blind, set at liberty them them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book and he gave it again to the ministry. He sat down and all the eyes were on in the synagogue were fastened on him and he began to say to them, this day the scripture is fulfilled in years. Jesus said, I can do it no matter what it is. I can heal you. I can set you free from that. The best thing about doing what your purpose in life is, is he satisfies. But li- listen, to, listen to this. Back to our story here. Jesus had him sit down. Could you imagine that day as he, this young lad's lunch is taken? 
And he gets all these people to sit down. And here it isn't much. It's enough for one growing young boy. And if you've got a growing young boy, you know they'd eat you out of house and home. So this boy brings his lunch. Thomas takes it from him. And the disciples get it. And Jesus has everybody. Don't say where the boy sat. I've often wondered that. And they sit down. Jesus blesses the food. He breaks it. Passes it out to the disciples. They pass it out. Listen to what it says. He commanded the multitude to sit down on the grass, took the five loaves and the two fishes, looking up to heaven, he blessed and break, gave the loaves to the disciples and the disciples to the multitude. Listen to verse 20. And they did all eat and were filled and took up fragments that remained 12 baskets full. See, my God not only satisfies your need, but he gives you over and above what you really need. Now, I'm not saying he pours wealth on you because really that's what most of us do not need. Because if you're like me, if I got it, I'd probably forget who gave it to me. But the blessings he gives me are far above what I deserve and what I need. God has given me wonderful friends, a wonderful family. Yo, things not always perfect, but hey, they're there when I need them. The joy in my heart is so much better than it ever was when I was in the world. And, and I, you know, I can face problems now because I know my God's got me. Oh, I still get worried. I still get beside myself. You can ask my wife. I still have a temper. But guess what? God is always there for me. Above and beyond what I need. My question is, are you feeding people this morning? How are you doing it? Writer Hebrews said this. He says, and let us not... Consider one another to provoke unto love and good works. He said, we're supposed to get everybody excited about it. How many of you are excited about being a child of God? You know, now, uh, you know I've heard more people upset we might not have fall football than when if we say we're not going to church Sunday. We ought to be excited about God. Are you praying for each other? Paul said in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, watching thereunto all per per perseverance and supplication for all saints. Are you lifting each other up? Are you praying for the lost? Jude, chapter, Jude 1, 23 says this, and others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garments spotted by the flesh. I like the NIV translation of this verse. It says this, snatching others, uh, save others by snatching them from the fire to show others mercy mixed with fear, hating even the clothing stained by the corrupted flesh. Grab them before it's too late. Steve's translation of that verse. You know, if God's called us to do what he told the disciples to do, you've got your purpose in life. 
is other people. Starts with you. Be ye perfect, he said, even as the Father is. How do you do that? Be more like Jesus. You got sin in your life? Separate from it. You know, I think some of the things, some of us, we have that, that sin. We think, well, it's not that bad, but yet it might be. Some of us, God will get on to us, and you know he doesn't want you to do something, and you're doing good. You try one day, something happens, and you let it slip, and you think, well, that's it. God still forgives you. Don't give up. Paul said, work out your own salvation. That means it's a, it's a constant thing. You got problems, bring them to God. So the preacher I have, bring them again. Paul had an issue. He kept bringing to the Lord. Before he wrote it down, he said, three times I besought him. And here's what Jesus told him. My grace is sufficient. It'll get you through anything. That problem, the next problem, whatever it is. Start with yourself and then reach out to others. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, as we come to you today, Father, I thank you for this opportunity we have to, to hear your word. Father, you've given each of us a purpose in life, and that's to, to feed other people. But first, Father, we need to remember that you are the bread of life. And you're that which satisfies. We need to focus our eyes on you. And Lord, when we can get ourselves right, when we can be where we can be usable. Use us, Father. Help us to feed other people. Not looking at the way the world looks at. Father, not seeing the problems on the outside, but seeing the soul that's there. Lord, you've called us to reach a world before it's everlasting too late. Lord, don't let us get sidetracked. Give us the strength. Give us the discernment of the things we need to see and the things we need to say. Father, I pray for the church. I ask you to be with those that are they're at home. Lord, they, they might be scared of the virus. Let them remember you are the conqueror. You are the great healer. You've got them in your right hand of righteousness. That, Lord, nothing happens to them unless you allow it. So, Father, I pray you bless them, watch over them. Keep them safe, dear Heavenly Father, as we go through this together. Lord, let us lean on each other. Let us lean on you during this time that we might draw strength from one another. Again, Father, I thank you for those that came out today. Lord, I pray for those that are listening. Lord, those that are watching, I ask you to bless them in a wonderful way. Father, for those that are, that are sick, Lord, I pray that you touch their bodies, those who are they're emotionally having problems. Father, and they know which one they are, they'll cry out to you. And Lord, I pray you just surround them with your angels. Just minister to them, Heavenly Father. Let them feel your presence. Thank you again for all that you do. Lord's name I pray. Amen.